the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Misery, sadness, and sorrow. Is there deliverance for the believer in Christ? It most certainly is. We're exploring that deliverance next, here on Truth For Today. It is a truth in life. No matter what our position with God, we will find ourselves in those points of misery, struggling, feeling sorry, and just miserable. How do we, how do we get out of all of that? Well, that is the question of the day. And God graciously provides answers, specifically here in Romans chapter 7. We invite you to spend time with us here as Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, continues our exploration of Romans, Living the Christian Life. It's the title of our series. Here's Phil with today's program. I know that I got saved in the past, let's say. And I know I've got it made when I get to heaven. It's what I do in the meantime. It's, you know, from that day that you put faith in Christ and had that immediate joy and and that sense of forgiveness, and then a week goes by and you still have bills, aches, pains, uh, families, tensions, relationships. You think, wow, how can I live out this life in this present world? Uh, I, I know I've been forgiven, but boy, I'm sure having to struggle living it in the present tense. And that's where God in salvation has to deliver us from the power of indwelling sin because things will happen to you temptation will come and now you have a choice in responding the old way the sin principle always determined your response and you sinned and you sinned now people can do you wrong and you've got a, another choice and another way God wants you to respond he wants you to respond in the fruit of the spirit respond like Christ would. You say, oh, that's nice, that's good, that's idealistic, but show me where that can happen. And God says, I've given you the Spirit as the new power to live this kind of life. He knows it's impossible. To command you to fly would be to torture you. But God not only commands what he wants, he empowers us to do what he wants. And that's the blessedness of being indwelt by the Spirit and the Spirit's ministry in you. There's the power to live this kind of life without being hypocrites, phonies, or just idealism, but show me someone who, who lives it. Now, none of us live it perfectly, right? Thank you. Good. And uh, don't go on and start chiseling on people for the 10% they don't live when they've already come 90%. We, we're always saying, well, you ought to do. Yeah, we know that. But you don't know what I started doing. You don't know what I used to not do. Did a lot more than I ever did do, right? 
I'm not everything I ought to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And that, that's just the progression. It's like in the Christian life, two things you have to keep in mind. I think two words, change and growth. Change and growth. Let's take something like stealing. How long should it be after you're saved for you to quit stealing? Yeah, I would think, well, I'm growing out of it. Yeah, I, I, I only rob twice a month now that I'm a Christian. You only rob twice a month. No, no, matter you think there's got to be change, right? But uh, when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, you never get it down. Just, oh, every day I've got joy, it's automatic. Every day I've got peace, automatic. Every day I love to the max, automatic. No, that's growth. You grow in the positive attributes of the, you grow in patience. You grow in gentleness. You grow in kindness. But basic sins, you change. And it shouldn't take you forever on that. So, you know what? You may never steal. You may never do the nasty nine and still not be much. You still have a lot of growing to do. And that's just perpetual. And so we all are somewhere on that, that line, that continuum. And some are further down than others. And so it's just degrees of maturity. The way people respond to life's problems. Some believer may just be falling apart in that. Where another believer who's been through that, who's been trained by God, can respond with peace, calm. Uh, uh, they just learn to trust God for such situations. So um, let's look at uh, some stated things he says that you get now that God's rescued you. Verse 9 the rescued are in the spirit. Notice. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed, and in the Greek it's really, since indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, and it's really the spirit from Christ. Christ sent the Spirit. Uh, this is not like Christ has a Spirit, then there's a Holy Spirit. No, it's the Holy Spirit, but they're different titles. The Holy Spirit has 48 different titles. Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, uh, Spirit of Christ, Spirit of the Lord. And the of would help us if we said the Spirit from the Lord. Because the Father and the Son sent the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So he's the Spirit from Christ, the Spirit from the Father. And he says, now, if you don't have that Spirit in you, you don't even belong to Him. Two things. Uh, did you know that all Christians at all times are in the Spirit? Because this word here, in, is just simply like sphere. You're in this circle of the Spirit. And all your failing is in the sphere. You're still in the sphere. It's like this. A fish can't survive without being in water. And Christians can't survive without being in the sphere of the spirit. Now we take that term to be uh, they're, they're, you know, they're spirit filled and they're doing everything. No, even when you blow it, you're in the circle of the spirit. You are in the spirit. 
There's only two kinds of people. Those in the sphere of the flesh. Those in the sphere of the spirit. And all believers are in this sphere. All believers. You're always there. Well, what if I sin? Well, this spirit will be grieved. But you're still in the spirit. You never get out. You're there, you're there forever. What if I walk away? Well, if you're really God's child, you won't stay away too long because uh, the Spirit's going to make you miserable enough. You're in the Spirit. Now he says something else. The Spirit dwells in you. Notice that? Second thing. The rest, you'd have the Spirit living in them. Look at, just follow back with me. I'm going to show you a few passages. John 7. I'll show you some passages that show you that the Holy Spirit was promised to come in us. Every believer has the Holy Spirit living in them. That's amazing to me. Listen to John 7, 37. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. What's the condition? Those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, he's got to go back to heaven, but all who believe would get the Spirit. Now look at John 14, upper room, discourse. Verse 16, 14:16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper or comforter. And that word another is uh, a word, uh, alas. The Greeks had a word, and you'll notice it. They had the word uh, heteros. If you said heterosexual, what does that mean? Another of a different kind of gender than yourself. That, that's another of a different kind. But when they used the alas, it meant another of the same kind. And Christ says, I'm going away but I'm going to send another of the same kind of help as I have been while with you, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides alongside of you and will be in you. Look at verse 20. In that day, I think the day of Pentecost, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You know what? The Bible says that you're in the Father, and that the Father's in you. That you're in the Son, and the Son is in you, which is your hope of glory. You're in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in you. You are indwelt by the Spirit. He lives in you. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 3. 
show you something that's very wonderful. Uh, 3.17. Let's take 16. Do you not know that you, plural, are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you, plural, are. Here, he's calling a local congregation a temple where God hangs out. Because the you here is plural. It's not talking about your body here. Here it's talking about a local church. God has made it his hangout place. A temple. Now, now let me tell you something about temple language. You've got to get this. In the Old Testament, in, from Ezekiel 8 to, I believe, Ezekiel 13, the prophet has this vision, and he starts out, and he describes, I saw the Spirit of God hovering over the cherubim, and he's in the Holy of Holies. And he describes how the temple had been defiled with all their sins, chapter 7, chapter 8, idolatry. And so he sees this vision, and the Spirit of God goes from the inner sanctuary, and he goes out to the eastern gate, and he's by the gate, and he sees that. And it goes about chapter 10. He keeps on, and as he keeps describing, the Spirit goes all the way so that it's outside the city of Jerusalem. What he's prophesying is God's going to take his Spirit away from you, Israel. You've gone into idolatry. You defile the sanctuary, and I'm giving you a vision. He's moving from the inner temple. He's moving from the gate of the temple. He's moving to the outer court. He's going to get outside of Jerusalem. He's going to let you be judged, and the Shekinah will forever be lost to you. And it happened. The temple was destroyed. They don't have a temple today. There's no place the Jew could go to find the presence of God today. The Orthodox Jews don't know where you could find the Shekinah glory, the presence of God that hovered over the Ark of the Covenant, that was in the tabernacle, that was in the temple, because God judged them and scattered them, and they don't know where it is. It did show up again, but they missed it. In John 1, 14, he said, Messiah, the Word, came and tented out among us. And He's full of glory. And He's full of truth and grace. But they didn't get it. That the glory of God was now wrapped up in a body. In the body of Messiah. And they didn't comprehend it. And they snuffed out the glory. They killed Him. So Christ goes back, crucified to heaven. They didn't recognize that glory. They called him an imposter. So God's revelation of his glory was taken away. Guess what? On the day of Pentecost, God sent the glory. And it flooded the upper room. And God said something astounding. I used to dwell in Solomon's temple. I dwelt in the tabernacle of Moses. From now on, Local churches throughout the world are going to be the places I hang out. And my temple is local churches. 
50 people in the storefront building downtown Richmond. God's got one of his temples down there. I've been in temples. She and I sat in a temple in Haiti and watched rats running over the, uh, uh, the thatch roof of this place we met by kerosene lanterns. And I saw rats running across there and voodoo drums playing out. But guess what? That thatch roof with about 50 of us saints was a temple of God. God manifests who he is among a corporate group of people. Why do you think the devil wants to keep people out of local churches? That's where the glory takes place. Let me tell you something about church. I'm always tired until I get here. Huh? I just saw Deborah. We came up from the prayer meeting. She's wiping her eyes. I said, boy, I said, it's something when you pray, isn't it? She said, yeah. I said, I'm always tired until I get here. Well, when I get here, and I've been getting here for over 40 years, someplace, what is it that happens? The Shekinah shows up. God indwells his people. And when they come together in his name, the Messiah is walking in the lampstand among this church. He says, I'll show up. I'll be there. I don't care if there's 30. I don't care if there's 20. I'm not interested in temples built of hands and you know, buildings. The temple is you and I corporately in a corporate setting. Now, as soon as we get done here, we could all run up to Applebee's and it's not the same environment. Because we're not corporately meeting now to worship. We're meeting to order ribs. That's different. And so he says, don't mess with a local congregation because this is one of the places God hangs out. Then, watch chapter 6. Chapter 6. He's warning them about immorality. And he says in verse 19, don't you know that your body is a temple? Now, this is you individually. That your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. For you've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Guess what this says? When we dismiss tonight, individual temples of God will go throughout this community, which means if you want the glory to show up, you need to find somebody that is a child of God and some of the glory of God's deposited in their body. Because we are display cases showing off the glory of God. That's our mission in life, to show off God. Right? So the church is a corporate, you know, isn't it? When you talk about the church, let's go to church. No, the church goes to church. I am the church. What about you? But I go and meet with the other parts of the church. And you know what they say? Well, let, let, let the church take care of it. The church is me. The church is you. My brother always says, you know, I hear these people say, well, let the church pay for it. He said, I'm the folks paying for it. I'm the church. You think the building gives the offerings? It's the people that give the offerings. Uh, let the church evangelize. Well, who's the church? You. This place ought to be double-packed if you bring anybody. If we were evangelizing, Malcolm used to tell me years ago, I can't find any evangelists. I said, I finally threw in the towel with you. He said, I can't either. Let's just stay guilty that we're so poor at witnessing. 
all hogging it to ourselves. But we are the church. We've come to be ministered to. When we leave this parking lot, we go to minister when we're walking with God. And you're the temple of God. So that Romans is saying, guess what? Those who have been rescued are in the sphere of the Spirit for the rest of their lives. And the Spirit of God has settled down and dwells in every believer. That is the birthright of every Christian. You are God's hangout place. In the temple is where he showed off his glory, his presence. And uh, there's something about people uh, that once you get this hunger for his presence, do you ever hunger for his presence? Have you ever been in a meeting where you didn't sense his presence and yet you were with a bunch of Christians? Maybe the church was in a fight or the church was prayerless and the church didn't ask for the presence of God. They just assumed it. Let me tell you something about the presence of God. It's used several ways. One, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere present. He, he's at the Antlers Bar. Why don't you go down there? If you buy that concept of his presence. Well, I don't I had a guy, I don't ever ask God's presence. I said, no, because you're unbiblical. You don't thirst for God. You assume God. Oh, we know he's everywhere present. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. I don't want to go to hell to get his presence, though. That's one use of it. Then, his presence was always known as where he dwelt, the third heaven that the angels know where to find the presence of God manifested so they know where to report in. They're not searching all over the universe to find God. They know where to find God. He's got a manifested presence somewhere in the third heaven. They know where to report in at. Then there's a relational presence where he says, if you would draw nigh to me, I would draw nigh to you. Wait, how can I draw nigh to omnipresent? I'm just trying to draw nigh to air. Wherever you are, Lord. No, no, no. It's relational. I'm drawing nigh to his person. I want your personal, personal manifestation because the word presence of God in the Hebrews was a word barak. And they used the word baraka. And it meant God is present to bless. And when you seek the presence of God, you're saying, I'm seeking that indescribable presence that when it's present, there's blessing. This comprehension of God's goodness and mercy. It's not his presence to judge. It's always a benevolent presence. And you know what? There was an Old Testament king that in 1 Samuel 16, God took his presence from him. It was Saul. He took the spirit from him and he let an evil spirit replace the Holy Spirit in his life. Scary. David was so afraid of what he saw happen to Saul that when he sinned with Bathsheba, he cried out in Psalms 51, Oh God, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Why did he say that? He saw what happened to Saul. When the spirit left Saul, and a demonic spirit came in and took over and tortured him and made him miserable. I don't know necessarily that he was indwelt by a demon, but this evil spirit came and 
Uh, he'd fall into fits of rage and David would go in there and play for him to calm him down. And David knew what was on his mind when he committed that sin. When he began to cry out and said, oh, do this, restore me. Renew the joy of my salvation and don't take your spirit from me. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call, 855 833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855-833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And that website, once again, truthfortodayradio.org. It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.